So we um, have been journeying through this book called Ephesians. So for those of you that aren't familiar with the Bible, that's okay because there's a lot of us on the journey of becoming familiar with the Bible. Ephesians is a book that you find in the second half of the Bible in a, in a section that is known as the New Testament. And the New Testament basically marks the moment that Jesus comes into the story. And Jesus is a dude. Like, he is just an incredible, incredible man who comes and he literally brings reconciliation to the world. He makes it possible for us not to to have a dry religion, but he makes it possible for us to have a relationship with the most holy and high God. How cool is that? So he comes and and he, he dies for us so that we can have life and life to the full. And that's the life that we are continuing to live today. So we have this whole section called the New Testament. And then as we go through, we've got the Gospels. We've got some cool books in there written by a guy called Paul. And this is one of the cool books written by a guy called Paul to a place called Ephesus, which is a real life place today in Turkey. And Paul did some journeys after encountering Jesus for himself. He, he just couldn't contain himself. And he traveled extensively to go and share the good news with others. So this is an exciting book. And we've been journeying through it for a while. It has six chapters in it. We've, we've kind of covered the first three, but it's the kind of book that you could dwell on for your whole lifetime. It's incredible. So the first three, and now we're going to the second half. So guys, there's some Bibles over to the, to the right-hand side here. You'll also, if you go onto your phone, you can go into the app store and there's something, the, the Bible is, can be found on your phone too. So if you go to version, you can download a Bible on your phone. Who would have thought it? But you can do it. So I'll give you a couple of minutes if you want to do that. But we are going to hit into Ephesians chapter 4 and we're going to go from verse 1 today. So I'm going to read this first in um, the message version of the Bible. It's a, The message is a beautiful version written by a guy called Peter... Uni- uh, no, it's not. Eugene Peterson. I'm getting muddle-puddle ducked. Um, and he's a biblical scholar. He knows his Bible. He knows the Greek well. But he's written this in a story-like way, which is just beautiful. So are you ready? Four of you are. Brilliant. Here we go. In light of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, for God, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. You are all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who rules over all, works through all and is, is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. So last week our um, beautiful Mur just started to speak on this section of the Bible. And really the whole point and purpose of the Bible is reconciliation. It's a big word with a profound meaning. 
So reconciling us to our loving Heavenly Father, but then through that, reconciling us to each other. You know, uh, John Lennon had something right with his peace bed-ins. You know, just, just like peace, man. Let's bring peace to the world. That's reconciling each other to each other. Peace that passes understanding. And as we travel through Ephesians, uh, we'll see that he starts to give us some how-tos of how this is possible to live a life of reconciliation. But this is a hinge point in this book. So the first three chapters are like the big awesomeness of God. Like he's full of light. He's full of depth. He's full of love. He's full of all this good stuff. It's almost just like he's just summarizing everything that is good about God and and why it is amazing that we have this calling over our lives to live in his light, to live as he helps us to see in the first section there. But then as we go into the next three chapters, it's kind of about, it's this hinge point where we go from, this is the calling, this is the theory behind what we're thinking. But the next three chapters are like, this is how to walk it out. This is how you actually walk it out. And for us to be mature and to, to, to grow in a depth of understanding, we need to not just talk about it, we need to walk in it as well. And so this is a beautiful hinge point. And actually, um, as my friend Eugene, who I've never met, would say, this is a critical point um, in the story of Ephesians. So I'm going to home in on just one verse. In fact, just two words, if that's okay. So in the New Test, in the New Living Translation, which is just a different translation, a few different words, but can I just share this with you? Four verses one. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So therefore always denotes that there was a something before, doesn't it? So therefore, so to get your therefore, you need to go back into chapters 1, 2, and 3 to figure out your therefore. Could we have the pictures from Mr. W on the screen, Phil? Mr. W is a gift to us. He is an artiste. He is um, a fun-loving guy. And he often uh, sketches as we're talking. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I can be a visual learner. And so these really help me to summarize. So um, can we go to the next one, boys, please? Okay. So in the first three chapters, one of the, uh, the headlines was, Trust me, I have glorious and limited resources. All you need to do is ask, dream, and imagine. Glorious, unlimited resources. This is the God that we are called to. It's incredible. And the next one after that, Bill. Thank you. He is head over all things. He is head over all things. Let your big light shine. And it's just incredible, hey? Like, he, he's head over everything, eh? He's come to take away everything, to, to, to remove stuff, but to give stuff. He's absolutely head over everything. He is incredible. So I would just really encourage you to go away and have a little read of the first three chapters of this book. It talks about being made alive, how you can be fully alive. It talks about life which and light that pervades everything. It's incredible. So in this first section, we say that there's our therefore. Therefore, this is the calling to which we are coming to. He's a prisoner. So this is crazy. And the, this is... Um, 
we only really now see examples of this in, in some countries which are known as closed countries. They don't like Christianity being shared. They don't like people following Jesus. And so there are people today who are literally prisoners because they believe in Jesus. And for us, we're like, what now? I mean, that just is another level, isn't it, of faith. Like, if Christianity was made illegal in our country, that is a mind-blower for me. Would I stand before the police officer and say, yes, I still believe? Like, that's a whole other level of faith. So this helps us to see the level of faith this man is operating from, that he is writing this book in prison. I mean, he's taken it to the whole next level there, isn't he? So not only has he been imprisoned for the things that he knows to hold so dearly and that he truly believes in, but he's writing to all of these people out with of prison to remind them of the goodness of God. That's baffling, isn't it? But challenging too. It's incredible. So here's where we get to the fun bit. Okay? I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. Worthy. How often do we hear that word worthy used? Do do you use that in everyday language? Worthy? Worthy? We have things like worth, don't we? What's worth? What's a a brief definition of worth? Everyone shout in. What's worth? Pardon? Value? Any more definitions of worth? Cost? Any more definitions of worth? The amount you're willing to pay for it. Awesome. Any more definitions of worth? Precious. That's amazing. So in this book, because I'm a little bit of a word geek, as you've got to know a few times, in the original, so the Bible was originally, this part of the Bible was originally written in Greek, and the Greek word used here for worthy is axios. And axios is otherwise translated as balancing scales. So that's the Greek word that is used for worthy, is used for balancing scales as well. So I've brought myself some balancing scales. Would anyone like to participate? I was thinking a couple of the youth, what is up? Where are you? Diggity, diggity, what's up? Um, They're avoiding me. Mitchell, uh, no, we don't have a Mitchell. He's downstairs. Proudfoot boys, do you think you could help me? Maybe, they'll consider it. I'm not going to embarrass you. Oh, too late. Okay. I'm not going to embarrass you anymore. Okay. So we've brought ourselves a little pair of uh, balancing scales. They're quite little, which I understand, um, but they're just here. Boys, would you hold up the balancing scales for me? Thanks. They're actually quite heavy in their own right. Yes. Who who uses these on an, uh, an everyday balancing? Yes, I love that. Yes, Bethlehem, that is awesome. These are the um, askews. Right, boys, what we need to do, so we have the lead, which is pretty heavy for the size of it, and uh, that's a pound. So let's knock the pound on the side there. And then, uh, James, we've got some flour. So what I'd like you boys to do is just, just balance it off for me. Could you do that? Balance it off. Two different, very different components. The flower, which is light as a little feather, looks like it, but it's actually, yeah, not, not so much when you, okay, here we go, Jake. Do you want to stand to the side slightly, Jake, see, see if anyone recognizes when we hit the balancing point? Oh. 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 Oh, I didn't think about this moment. 
Uh, oh yes, here we go, boys are being genius. Okay, good. Right, oh, oh, are we balancing? Does that feel like a balance to you, Kimmy Holterhoff, on the front? Not quite. Not quite. So um, I tell you what, Mr. and Mrs. W, have we got a spoon in the, in, in the kitchen area? That might be, yes, yes, Mr. McStay. Here we go. Just focus on this for a second, our little balancing scale moment. Right, Jake, no pressure, but let's see if we can get this dead on. Oh, 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 wibble wobble. Does it look good to you guys? Pray dead on. Thank you, boys. Round of applause for the, the proud foods. So, in this understanding of this word, axios, we have flour in one side, we have lead in the other. Two very different things, but right now they're balancing. There's just enough flour and there's just enough lead to help them to balance off. So they're worthy of one another. So, so I just was really struck by this great big balancing act, eh? So in the, the book of Ephesians, why he said this is that God's calling and our walking needs to be worthy of one another. It's not God's calling and my walking comes like I don't do diddly about it. And it's not that I keep on walking and I don't sense God's calling. But it's that I balance right there in the middle. And that's a fine thing. Hey, like with the flower, we're just like, oh, just a little bit more or just a little bit less. And so it's a fine balance throughout our lives of God's calling on our lives. And I, I just want to address that whole thing of calling as well. So another little word study for us is the word calling here, which is used, is the word kalio. And kalio is the same thing that Jesus says to his disciples. Kalio me. Kalio. Kalio. And he's calling us out. He's inviting us in. It's not this, um, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I've heard this word calling used, it refers to a calling to ministry. It refers to a calling to become a nun or a monk. And that is the only circles I've normally heard the word calling. But he is saying in this, he's saying, I call you all to be my sons and daughters. I call you all to be the precious ones that are going to change things in this world. And when we read the first three chapters of this book, I call you all to live in the light. I call you all to know his glorious and limited resources. I call you all not to be a people who are stuck in the mud, but a people who are moving forward regardless of their situations. I call you all. But that's in balance as well. How cool is this? Like, I just, I just was stopped in my tracks of that sense of, do I know that I am called by God? Like, and that's regardless of what I do for a job. That's regardless of, of the sense of vocation and stuff like that. But I am called by the living God. Not necessarily to do, but to be. And then because of that, I get to walk that out. I get to see stuff that was never possible before. Lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So 
as we'll go on in the next few chapters, we'll see, we'll see that this, um, this isn't an easy thing, eh? <laughs> like, this is not simple walk-in-the-park stuff. We're, it's much easier when we gather around together and we, when we do this together. But I really want us each to know that there is a sense of calling over everybody's life in this room, but in our city as well. There's a sense of God calling to us and saying, Hi! <laughs> Hello! Will you come and follow me? Hi! Hi! You are worthy. Come. Follow me. As I was thinking as well, guys, about this um, sense of the balancing act, um, I've got this little book, which my friend Karen really hates, um, but I'm going to go for it anyway, Karen. Um, there's a Swedish principle called Legom. And you'll see the, um, like, it's so funny, isn't it, how the Scandinavians have really got into a lot of different areas of cultural understanding in the last wee while, haven't they? Of, take it easy, chill, let's, you know, think about our work life and stuff. But they actually have some good stuff going. It's good, good, good thinking. But um, Legom is the Swedish art of balanced living. Um, it's not a great book, to be honest, but it's a nice cover. Um it's a lovely cover, yeah, but it's, it's, it's not great, but it's, it's just for us to remember this thing of balanced living. Like, um, what, where do we place our worth? Where do we place our worth? And, and if we're feeling overstressed, why is that? Where's the balance in our life? Where are we placing our worth right now and what does that equal? And I think it's something good to take stock of, isn't it? Are we living a balanced life right now? Like, are you getting as much rest as you work? Are you experiencing as much joy as pain? Are you experiencing that balanced life? And, and what do we do to help tip the scale when it gets a little bit too over this side? Um, I'm going to invite my friend uh, Jojo to come and share something. Maybe Ajahn might want to come too. These guys um, have been a real testament and witness to me this summertime. Um, oh, Ronnie's coming too. Yes. These guys. Come on up here. This is our Ronnie. Is he sleeping? Oh, he's just... So, um, I just wanted to share a testament of living a balanced life. And these guys might not feel that all the time and haven't maybe felt the depths of that this last few weeks, but there's something that's been so powerful. These guys have had Ronnie in hospital over the whole of the summertime. Um, but yet, we were getting songs from Jojo of, yeah, I praise my God, and rejoicing over the tiniest things that were happening along the way that were bringing them encouragement. And so, Jojo, I just want you to share a little bit of your experience over this summer. So, um, by God's grace, uh, uh, thank you everyone, and uh, thank you, Rhoda, for the opportunity. Um, in summer, Ronnie being boisterous, um, he was actually out there, he was out um, at um, Wolby Park, and he had a, he had a fit, fit-like um, episode, and that was when everything started going down. We didn't understand what was going on. Immediately after the fit, Ronnie's behavior changed. Um, the joyful boy, happy boy, now started becoming um, changed. He changed practically, and it, it it changed rapidly from behavior change to not being able to talk, 
them from not being able to talk to not being able to walk. And by the time we were getting admitted, he couldn't eat. So he lost the ability to walk, talk, and eat. And like he lost every form of cognitive um, thing by the time we were starting um, treatment. But we thank God um, for, for his leading all through that time that God led us through. It, it wasn't pleasant, but it was beautiful how God carried us through it. And um, the truth is we couldn't pray. And I always say I'm thankful for the saints that were around us, that were holding us um, in prayer to maintain our sanity through that time. And that was where our joy was stemming from. I couldn't do nothing, but I wake up every morning and God laid on, on my heart something to write. And I'm like, I first thought I was writing it for Ronnie. And I was like, oh, I'll share it with my friends to sort of like see where we are going and what is happening. And it, it became more joyful and joyful all through the time. It wasn't the most pleasant thing. But what we saw was we saw the grace of God all through the time. And um, I don't know how I did it and I don't know how we did it. But God saw us through it. And by the time we were being discharged and we were coming home, Ronnie could sit, um, he could eat, but he couldn't use, mobility-wise, he couldn't crawl really well. So um, the physios came, tried to do something. Now, this is the fun bit. The doctors come in and they say, that, oh, he can't use his hand. By the time they leave the room, and they maybe it's either by the time they leave the room, he starts using his left hand. What they say he can't do, he do it either immediately or the next day. When we were being discharged, the, 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 the biggest testimony was when we were being discharged three weeks ago, the discharge report says that we needed a physio to help him potentially sit and maybe start walking. So that was what was transferred over from Glasgow to Carlisle. By the time the physio guys came in this Thursday, they're like, where's Ronnie? They're like, that's Ronnie. Oh, really? So instead of doing the physio stuff, they played with Ronnie. So because he, he didn't match what was on the discharge um, um, report. And by the time they were leaving this Thursday, Ronnie couldn't articulate much. And so we were like, oh, we might need some speech and language therapy to, to make things work. By the next day, Ronnie repeats everything you tell him. Now Ronnie speaks more than before the whole incident. And he, he practically says everything you, you tell him. And like, uh, and, 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 and we are so grateful to God. Like, his miracle has been in leaps and bounds. And I remember writing one, a line of a song where I wrote, I wrote uh, that as the praise with leaping and dancing, miracle comes in leaps and bounds. That is where that song came from. That as I praise, because all through that time, I said, we refuse to say what we see. The Lord, we will praise you through it. And I thank God for Steph's family, because um, I was invited by Steve. Um, what's the name? The Mitchells. The Mitchells invited me. <laughs> Sorry. The Mitchells invited me to their place, um, and, and, and that is where the church came in. Like, when I went there, we were just reading Psalm 23, and I remember 
we just read Psalm 23 and Steph's mom said something that the word through, she just said it, the word through is, is big. And at first it didn't get it, it never hit me. And I got home and I was lying down. Then I, I think I wrote another thing to Steph. And Steph repeated exactly what the mom said. That when you're going through, through something, it is the wrath and the stuff. But most of the time we don't see it. It was the aha moment in the whole thing for me. And that was a blessing that when we were going through this and the fellowship of the saints, they called me, oh, Jojo, come over, come have a meal. Jojo, come over. Those kinds of fellowship and the words that came. And it was the things that kept nourishing us. And I kept sharing with Ajua. I was like, as we're going, we need to see the road. We need to see the stuff. We need to see the road. And that, that is where the praise practically came from. And that is when I say thank you. That's what I mean. That thank you for holding us up. Thank you for, like, because you became our crutch. Because we couldn't pray. You became our uncle. Like, you became the Christ we see. And... We are so grateful. Thank you. Round of applause. Oh, Ronnie. So it's amazing to watch this wee guy who uh, we visited in the hospital in Glasgow and he was, he was just lying down and now he's walking around, he's causing his mischief, he's up and about. But it's just so beautiful to see actually when the balance comes in where, where God is, um, is still good, where God uh, can break through into situations and where we can keep that balance. But actually in, in this case as well with community help too, hey, there's, uh, there's seasons in my life where I can't pray. You know, my mental health won't allow it. Where I don't know the goodness of God for myself. Where I think, where are you, God? <laughs> where I feel like the psalmist. And then where someone will, will text me that moment, or someone will remind me, or I'll catch an eye of something. And he's like, I'm a good, good God, bro. <laughs> Keep going on. Keep going on and keeping that balance. It's like this internal thing, which is beautiful. The other thing, which I just want to introduce you to, which has been a beautiful point of balance in my life, which you're all going to find hilarious. So there's there's community, right? But there's also code words. <laughs> so <laughs> you know what, guys? We are sometimes really rubbish at getting stuck in a rut. And, and really rubbish at trying to figure out, figure out stuff. Code words for me have been genius. Like a hobby. Who has a hobby in this room? But they're a balancing act for us. Who finds joy through exercise? You crazy people. That's a balancing act. Isn't it? Of finding joy in the stuff. Now, the next giveaway I have, and this has actually been a big one that I've had to bring before Jesus and ask him, because I felt he said I had to give this away. This is a big moment for my life, guys. <laughs> my Queen Elizabeth II jigsaw. <laughs> so there's code words and there's jigsaws. When I went to the opticians last year, she sat me down and she's just asking general questions. Then she's like, have you got any hobbies? And quick as a flash, I'm like, jigsaws. <laughs> And she's just like, what now? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like the odd jigsaw. 
you know, the occasional jigsaw. But this is one that I have completed. It's a thousand-piece jigsaw. Who is struggling right now to, to rest their minds? Who's struggling right now to rest their minds? Do you know what? I'm going to do a moment at the end, and we're going to put our hands up, because I know that's quite a personal question. You're, you want my Quinellies with the second jigsaw? It's <sighs> a big one, Karen. Only if you promise to pass it on to someone else afterwards, okay? You do it, and then pass it on. <laughs> it's a big moment. Now, I know that this verse is, is helping us to preempt into a section of the Bible where we're talking about being worthy of each other, of how we in this room help to balance each other out, and how no one person in this room is more worthy than another person. But I just wanted us to take a little pit stop and just think about balance and just think about what brings us balance. And have you actually stopped to think about that recently? Or have you gotten so busy in your life that you're stressed out, that you're freaked out, but you don't know anymore what brings you balance? And I'm just going to invite you to stop where you are, to stop in your tracks and just to ask the Father this week, Father, what are some of the things that I need to introduce to my life to help bring me balance? And then the second question, just to ponder on this week, is what's going to help me in my life to bring about the balance of what I know about God to my hands and my feet? Guys, we could listen to 4.6 bazillion sermons every week. And sometimes I get a bit frustrated about that now. We could be so full of head stuff about God. We come, we listen, but how many actually activate what we're listening to? And I just want to put out a personal challenge here. That for every time you listen, every time you read, how is that going to affect your hands and your feet? And I think we will start to see a massive shift in our city when we start to activate these little fellas. And that we don't just keep this in our heads. There is an illusion that church is the private sphere. And that what happens in church stays in church. But he is longing for us to spill out the good stuff. And just just as a side note, it's a caveat. There's no such thing as the church building. You know, it's coming to church. We are the church. We're breaking down that. We are the church. We get to be the church wherever we live, work, or play. And that's where we need to see this exchange, that what happens here doesn't stay here. That is a huge failure on our part. If, if what happens here, it's like Fight Club, isn't it? Is it Fight Club that say it? What is it? What's, what happens at Fight Club? What is it? I, oh, yeah, what, oh, yeah, it was from my casino days. What happens in Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, that's a whole bunch of baloney. What happens in church stays in church because you are the church. And you're walking around everywhere, every day, every place. So there is no physical way that what happens in church can stay in church. Unless we keep it as a mental thing. And so I'm just begging you, as Paul did, do not let what happens at church stay in church. I'm begging you. And I'm begging you to see the worth of the calling over your life. And that is very simple. Be a child of God. And then, therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations. There is a going calling to us. We were not called to be static. And that is, that is just incredible.
So who's up for it? Who's up for, the, for that dividing wall to just come tumbling down in our lives? No more compartmentalization. And you know what? The world is logging for real. So if you have struggled with your faith, please tell your friends. The world is longing for real. Not that you are the perfect representation of the church. It's longing for you to say, do you know what? I've been a Christian for all these years and I'm kind of questioning this thing just now. And how do I work this out? And actually just being real with our friends. They appreciate that. (laughs) So we're just going to stand up together and we're just going to pray. And we're just going to invite um, God as the great axios, as the great balancing scales. To come and pour in where you need to be topped up. Some of you have been profoundly aware that joy is extremely lacking in your life. It's a problem. (laughs) And so I'm just going to invite some joy to come down right now. So if you just feel that, that your balancing scale needs a bit of joy, just put your hands out in front of God if you want to. You don't have to. You can close your eyes, you can sit down, you can do whatever. But if you need joy, just just prepare your heart. So Holy Spirit, we believe in your supernatural exchanges. We believe that you're a God who goes beyond the extra mile for us. And we know that there is a heavenly storehouse full of joy for us. And we're just inviting that joy right now. Joy, come down. Joy, come and fill us up. Come and fill us up. Come and fill us up. It's a free gift that he wants to offer you. Just a gift of joy into your heart again. So come, Lord Jesus, and do a deep work of joy within our bellies. Joy. Joy. For some of of us, we have had persistent life situations which have meant that hope is, is... is something that's almost fearful that we're scared to hope for a good tomorrow because we feel like we've placed ourselves in that place so many times and that that good tomorrow hasn't yet come and so I'm just inviting you to a new sense to a new sense of a hope for tomorrow you are worth it you are worth it there is a worth over your life There is hope for tomorrow, and we just invite that hope to come now. Come, Lord Jesus, and fill us up with a fresh sense of hope. Help our balancing skills there. If we feel hopeless, Lord, that you would come and bring us hope in amazing ways. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And Father, I just pray for a big hand and feet and mouth activation. Yeah, we won't, we won't be barred, we won't be held back, we won't be uh, put in a box, we won't put ourselves in a box. And we just speak that, that all the goodness you pour into us would just instantaneously pour into the, those around us. That there would be no divide between the church and the world. That we would be in the world. That, that we would just see amazing stuff happen wherever we live, work, or play. And that you would mobilize a body of people who are fearless to see change and be change in this world. And that we see that in so many different spheres and avenues. 
So come, Lord Jesus, and have your way in us. And Father, I just pray that as we go away this week, that you would help us to readdress the balance and skills. That for those of us who have been working far too much, I, yeah, I just speak for the workaholics in this room, and I just say that rest would be your weapon this week. So we just pray and just break off workaholism in this room. And I just pray and break off any expectations that you have, that you think your employer has, that your employer probably doesn't have. We just break those all off. And we just say no more because we will be a people that work from a place of rest. So Father, whether that's jigsaws, whether that's code words, whether that's motorbikes, whether that's whatever that is that just brings us joy in life, that you would help us be a people who work from a place of rest. Yeah, so come and do a deep work in us, Jesus. Amen. Amen.